is your body story and where would you like to begin? I am Coco Benitez and this is the first question I am asking the women that I interview on this podcast because this is where it begins. What is their story? And the vision of the body story movement is for girls and women to listen to these stories and because of them, hold a deeper appreciation for the body that they are living in now and to fall more and more in love with their body through each phase of their life. Because there is something powerful about hearing someone else's story, especially if it relates to you or to someone in your life that you know and that you love. So that's the vision of this. I want these stories to spread like wildfire. So if you feel moved, please leave a review, share this, give it five stars, whatever it takes. I want this message to spread. And please meet me on the other end for a farewell message. Thank you for listening. I am Coco Benitez. It is an honor to have you a part of this body story movement. Hi, Mari. Welcome to Body Story with Coach Coco. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm good. Doing well. Busy, but glad to talk about this. Oh, me too. So tell us who you are, your name, where you live, what you do, and why you wanted to share your story today. Okay. I'm Mari Carpenter. I live in the D.C. area in uh, Maryland, and actually Gaithersburg is town our city and I am um, 38 years old and I work for the federal government. I'm originally from Louisiana and I moved here about 10 years ago to start my federal government career in public health. So um, I, I work for the FDA as a public health advisor. Um, but yeah, I also am a yoga teacher. Well, that's new. I just got trained and I just got a job teaching at Core Power, actually. My first nice. class is next month. But yeah, so that's been like a huge journey. And um, I want to be start some health coaching soon. I have a passion for health and wellness. Always have. I have some nutrition background and want to start kind of some, some side business. Okay. So we are in the same world with health and wellness. I love that, Mari. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, I was attracted um, to this initiative, yes, because for you and your coaching journey, um, but also I don't think I've ever not talked about this topic with any woman that is in my group of friends that I, or acquaintances. It's just um, body image and um, just self-worth and everything connected to that and eating and just it's always comes up in every it's like in the daily lives of women and men and my husband it's just a big thing so I think it's really cool that you're exploring this and um, I certainly want to be able to share whatever I can to help anyone else and learn other things that maybe will help me Absolutely. You know what, Marie, that's, that has been the biggest takeaway I've noticed from the women I've interviewed. Some of them will message me afterwards about stuff that just kind of came up in these conversations for them that they may have not made a connection or hadn't thought about in a while. So this is for the women being interviewed. This is, um, 
it can be pretty transformational. So let's get started. Where do you want to, where do you want to jump into when you hear body story, Mari, where does your mind go? Um, really young. I, um, I feel like there's this period I've heard a psychologist talk about when you first start becoming aware of kind of your, um, different, uh, like your separateness from, I guess, like not your parents anymore. And you're like noticing your peer groups and the people is kind of like around nine, 10 and like fourth grade. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that definitely resonated for me. I actually had my first <laughs> nervous breakdown in fourth grade. And I remember, um, thinking that I was fat and I actually was the opposite spectrum. I was really thin, um, like really skinny. I don't know what was going on, but I had, I was a perfectionist immediately. Like I would freak out if I got like a 99 and not a hundred. And, um, I guess women, uh, girls were starting to have boyfriends or like, like guys and, um, starting to develop too. And I, I also got glasses, um, I think in third grade. And so then I started getting picked on for my appearance because of the glasses and I was very shy. Mm. I still like have that introversion, some shyness. So it was all very uncomfortable for me. And, um, mm. I, yeah, I thought I was fat and I actually started seeing a psychologist and we worked that together. At that yeah, age. that young. Yeah. Do you yep. remember um, specifically what were you talking mostly about your body or was that most of the reflection at that young age when you met with the professional? Um, that was part of it, but it um, was a lot of just perfectionist part of me. Um, and like, I, I was sick a lot, which is really what caught my parents' attention because they wouldn't have just, um, I don't know, I feel like the baby boomers, that generation, at least my parents, they weren't just ready to like get you in therapy, but because I was physically sick throwing up all the time, um, missing school and they were trying to find all these physical things wrong with me and couldn't find it that way. Then it, I got connected to the psychologist and um, a lot of pressure immediately of had an older brother and he was um, really smart and really, I guess, successful, however that means when you're in that young, yeah. You're just a couple of years older than me, but I was, I started comparing myself to him and feeling like I needed to look or be certain ways to be liked by my parents, by my peers, and um, just wanted to be perfect. And so then the body was part of that. Um, I actually remember the first thing, um, at the time I was, I was raised Catholic, so I I guess I, yeah, I went to church and the first thing I ever remember praying for, I was skinny. Like I said, I didn't have boobs. I mean, okay. girls don't in that grade, but I didn't have them for a long time. I still don't have much, but I started patting my bras like really young. Um, we were putting cotton balls in my bras. I had a neighbor who was a seamstress and she would, I was in dance and she would fix all my leotards to like have and like give me little training bras with like a little padding she would sew things it was yeah because I was so 
self-conscious about it. And what was it about wanting breast about wanting? Cause I've another woman that I interviewed talked about how her and her cousin would go like put in tissue paper. What was it about praying for breast and wanting breast at a young age? Why was that important for you? Um, that seemed to get attention from males. That was the first thing they were noticing at that age. And that was the first thing, I guess, differentiating like this growing up stage puberty like the women or girls maturing or yeah just getting attention and so I guess I attached that to you know the so did attention. You, you wanted attention at yeah age. I wanted attention um and they could wear certain clothes just wearing the bras and even like starting to get their periods and I was the very last one of anyone I knew to get my period I was pretty, I was a late bloomer too, Mari. I was 13 and it was, how was that received in your house? Like when you got your period, what did that, was this something that was discussed in your family? Was it celebrated? What was that like? You said you were the latest of your friends. Yeah, yeah, you. was I, like? I was I was 14. Well, I am for with my peers, I was really excited. Um, I do remember thinking like that something was wrong with me that people were having sex that young and mm. I, wasn't but even if I did I was like I'm not a real woman because I can't even I don't even have a period so like mm. I couldn't even get pregnant I don't know so it made me feel like yeah like not a real woman and so you um, felt just, you felt not like a real woman when you didn't have your period and all your friends did yeah and immediately like excluded from that kind of them talking about it I didn't know what it felt like um I think I some of my way. I felt friends. the same way, Marie. That's, yeah. that's wild, Marie. Yeah. You say that I felt the same way. They would be talking about their pads and you know, like tampons. I didn't wear for later, but man, I felt so like FOMO for sure for not having my yeah. period. <laughs> yeah, I think wow. they put some some pads and stuff in my locker. I was so excited. I immediately told. I think I was like. Um, in cheer practice or something and I like told everyone we were all pretty close and it was super exciting I mean my parents was they were pretty like I was raised Catholic so they didn't talk about a lot of that kind of stuff so it wasn't okay. that exciting at home but okay I do remember um doing the tampon thing early on too and that was really weird yeah I just the it's funny all my girlfriends were doing tampons my sisters even wore them before me, I just waited a while for tampons. I think I was in college when I started wearing them. Well, it was the swimming thing and my family was big into going swimming at pools and stuff. And yeah. so that was kind of why I got into that early, but when yeah. You, I when you got your period, Mari, did you feel more womanly? Did you feel a different connection? Like, what was that like once you got your period in the years that followed that? Um, yeah, I definitely felt like, okay, now I'm grown up and now I'm like a woman and now I need to, I was also, I was a late bloomer and, and the physical stuff and I was a late bloomer with the boys. My parents were very strict, so um, they sheltered me a lot and I was very shy. So, but then I was like, okay, well, now I got to like learn how to kiss and I got to get, I mean, I had a boyfriend, but I actually was that's like a whole nother topic you could do on like sexuality development. <laughs> but um, 
Mm. Yeah, I, I was. Um, did you did you ever practice kissing on yourself? I think that's a part of the yes. body story. I remember what was the movie with Reese Witherspoon? There was a movie with Reese Witherspoon years ago, Man on the Moon. It was a movie when she was like a teenager. And I remember the scene and I remember being like, so like, oh my gosh, she's practicing kissing on her arm. And I was like, I have to be a good kisser. And I remember like practicing on that. my arm because yeah. like, I was so nervous about what would it be like to put my lips on a boy and like kiss him and do oh, I stick yeah. my tongue in? Like, oh, that was, was so, so anxious. <laughs> I know I was too. I practiced on my hand. I believe I read like or whatever I had at the time, Teen Magazine or whatever, and they would have oh, articles yeah. about it. So what I did, I had this guy, he had liked me a lot, but I was like scared of all that stuff. So he came over and I read him like this article from Teen Magazine. Um, I can't believe he, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> but um, And then like I made this huge deal out of it and I had to like sneak around the house because my parents wouldn't let us go in a room privately and Oh. Finally, it happened, and uh, I was so excited. <laughs> Finally, what happened? The kiss? The kiss, yeah. What do you remember? What What did you feel? What were the, the feelings you had at your first kiss? How old were you? Were you in high school? I was 14, yeah. Okay. So, um, just exhilarate. I mean, the first at first, I didn't know what to do at all. And he's like, okay, this is what you do. <laughs> <laughs> So the practicing on the hand didn't help. I literally like didn't move anything. Um, but but he helped me and it was, I really liked it. It was just, I felt like my whole body light up and um, I wanted to do it again. And um, you know what, let me ask you this. You said you're married now. As a, as a woman, do you, when you can remember the feelings and of course our hormones were all over the place at that age. But do you remember that exhilarating feeling of that kiss? Do you ever aim to replicate that or love that exhilaration now as a woman, like just the kissing? What is that like for you now? Oh gosh, that's that's a lot of wrapped into that question. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, you know what? If you 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 know how you want to answer that. I know I just kind of like took it there, but I know I personally experienced. I'm 38 as well, Marie. And yeah. for me, I still get so turned on just by a great makeout session. Like just okay. it literally excites good, me again like I was a teenager. That's a good tip to think about. So thank you. I will try to go there. I definitely haven't gone there with my husband, like remembering that feeling. So mm. I um yeah, it, th there's a lot of years between there. I just, I don't mind saying, because I'm open with it on um, social media too, like I'm in recovery. So I haven't had a drink or a drug in over six years. And congratulations, um, good for you. For me, what happened was um, that was like my first kiss and then nothing else happened until I was six. 16, might have even been later than 14, but yeah, 16, I went to a boarding school okay. and I met a guy and we went from a kiss to sex pretty quickly. Then I got into drugs and alcohol. And then it was a long time of using that as like, a, um, you know, to turn me on, I guess, like they all wrapped up in all kinds of things. So it's almost like being a virgin again when mm -hmm. I got sober. 
and I've been with my husband that whole time and he's a very sweet man and I guess my therapist would always say I, I used sex as a weapon before and then now that I don't have to do that um it um I'm working on my sexuality my sensuality my intimacy my yeah all of that has been very yeah because I had to start all over and I was like went right back to how I felt when I was 14 like very shy and um uncomfortable with affection and intimacy and um kind of almost scared of it and awkward and um but it's interesting though I do remember that first because it's being very exciting and and Mari it's kind of I try to tap back into that as an adult woman because once you've started having especially if you're in a relationship with someone, it's almost like every time you see each other, it's kind of like, okay, let's have sex. You know, it's especially when you're young and just all over the place. But when you get older and mature, to go back to those childlike, when we were just exploring and getting curious and just kind of how that lit us up, you know, how to get back to that. You know, in psychology, there's a lot of the inner child work and such, but I've been trying to tap back into that, the kind of the innocence and what was all the thrill and the exhilaration of, the crush or listening to the song or the anticipation. And it's not as realistic now, because when you get older, we're looking for different things, but it's fun to kind of dip back into that. And I'm, I'm curious as, an, as a yoga instructor and kind of sharing a bit of this story with us, how do you feel yoga is helping you get that connection with your body to get, to take it back to that, the old, you know, the 14 year old, Mari, how, how is yoga helping you with that connection to your body? Oh yeah, that definitely is helping. And I think why I have developed such a passion for it in my sobriety and my recovery, it's only been besides dabbling in it, um, like two years, two and a half that just a couple that I've been doing it regularly. And I just went like hardcore into it. It's, I love it. And I'm going to be a teacher and I do it as much as I can. And um, yeah, embodying embodiment, that's all been new to me to learn um, my feelings. I'm very, I said introverted. So I, I can be very like, almost like robotic and stoic with my emotions and everything. And like, um hard to read but when so this it's like dancing to me yoga and feeling and not um analyzing everything and it it helps express my feelings it definitely I can feel more sensual during that and so it's it's been very helpful and um of course it turns my husband I'm sorry, Mari. What is sensuality? When you say, I love that word. It's one of my favorite words. And when I think of divine femininity, I love the word sensuality. What is that for you? How do you know when you're tapped into your sensuality in your body? Um, I guess kind of like that flow state, like when I'm not, I'm a very analytical, I'm like, I overthink way too much. So I need lots of mindfulness activities. So getting out of my head and um like especially when I'm making up a sequence a yoga sequence and I'm just flowing and Mm. I'm just feeling what feels good in my body 
how to move it into the next thing. It's not, um, it's just uh, more intuition connection than analyzing things. And um, yeah, like, and a lot more present feeling and less planning mode and um, anticipation of what's coming next and just mm. letting like the force kind of guide me. Absolutely. What are, you, what are you most proud of in your evolution with your personal body story? From you starting from telling us about, you know, the first passionate kiss at 14 to, you know, 16, your experience at boarding school and your experience with drugs and alcohol afterwards. So you've had quite a journey, Mari. What are you most, please, what are you most grateful for in your journey and where you are now? I mean, there's some um, logistical, I guess I would say things that, I mean, so actually then I went to the other spectrum. I used to try to gain weight back in the day, really like a drink supplement, drink gain weight. You used and to then, try to gain weight? Yeah. Tell I was me more so about thin. that. What 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 brought on that? That's I don't hear that uh, a lot in these interviews. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not. It doesn't happen now. But back in the day, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was where I was, and and like the women, the girls in Louisiana, they had. It's definitely different where I am now from back. Women are a lot like like curvier is more appreciated and stuff. Um, so they were a lot more developed young age it just seemed like where I was and so I wanted I was just skinny and I wanted like curves I wanted like bigger butt and bigger boobs and so I um thought that would give me more of the attention I wanted from males so mm. I would drink supplement drinks and I couldn't even fit in the like junior's clothes I was wearing like a zero and so that you know still having to wear kids clothes and you're like trying to wear like sexier clothes and it's not working out so um that yeah but of course fast forward when I first got sober um I had lost my appetite this is a reoccurring thing that would happen in my I also have dealt with like anxiety and depression in my story and um when I finally got my appetite back and when I first got sober I just like binged and ate uh, a lot of sugar and gained like 30 pounds, 20, 30 pounds, mm. and um, was definitely overweight. And so since then I've lost it. I'm actually at the lowest weight I've been in 10 years, but I don't like to focus on weight. And I don't, I have never put like a before and after picture online. Cause mm. I mean, I really believe in the whole um, body, body positivity culture and, um, you know, everybody is welcomed, of course, doing yoga so much, it does lean out your body. And like, it's almost like my body's returning more to what it originally was before a lot of the toxins and stuff. But I say all that I still struggle every day with it, especially with the yoga community, which is so often, I have to filter out my Instagram. I mean, it's just a lot of like young, white, thin bodies. Yeah. And I have to like add in cultural diversity and body diversity. So I'm constantly bombarded with images. And um, so then of course, now I'm, instead of trying to gain weight, I do by myself more often than I'd like trying to lose weight for what, you know, that's another question, but um, I definitely don't diet. I had tried dieting when I first got sober, ended up being very bad for me. And I would um, binge eat and then restrict and 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't diet. I don't limit myself of anything. I try to eat healthy. I love because it makes me feel good. And I, I believe in like nourishing myself and my body and everything. I know like scientific stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to restrict myself. And so I think I'm really proud of that. I definitely I love to hear myself. that. Honestly, Mari, that, that not restricting because whatever somebody's body story is, especially if it includes weight loss, like I know for me, the changing my eating habits, smaller portions, honestly, early on saying no to a lot of stuff, it doesn't feel right to me now. Cause I am a foodie. I always, I come from a family where everything is done in the kitchen, good, bad, ugly days. We're going down in the kitchen. We're going out like this. Food is a big part of my life. So when I got out of that restrictive mindset, it actually made me appreciate and, and love my body more because there's such abundance. You could have everything, but just knowing kind of mindfully and making decisions that make your body feel good. Or mm-hmm. maybe one day I'm, I, I'm super hungry, the next day I'm not. So I decide to fast half of the day. So that in, intuition, like listening to what you need and not restricting, I really love that, Mari. Yeah, wow. We just went all over the place today. My gosh, your vulnerability. I know you said you're an introvert and such, but you really showed up like in sharing some things today. Introverted, but no, I love to share my feelings. Probably because I've been in therapy since I was nine. So I'm used to it. (laughs) I love it. Like I'm all about, I've done a lot of work, um, hard work on myself and like I like you I want to help other people and like be a coach and um I'm all about vulnerability that's how we grow and that's how we help people and yeah I can talk about this forever (laughs) to a teenager watching this a young woman in college maybe even a woman around your age or older that heard something today that you share that you share that she's like I can really relate to that what what, what, what's a takeaway? What would you want somebody watching this to kind of take away or something that you would like to leave them with when it comes to the body, your body story and just our body stories as women in general? Yeah, I mean, I have big concerns with the Instagram and social media. I have to take breaks to for my own sanity. Like, you know, it, it's curated. It's not real. And you'll never be enough you'll never be skinny enough you'll never have big enough boobs you'll never like it's never gonna feel okay you're never gonna be where you want to be there's that's why there's like models who are anorexic and you know or suicide and celebrities like it's just the only way you can ever feel good enough in that area is like you have your own inner confidence where you are no matter what size Mm. and you know you can accept that or you can find out the hard way um a lot of people have to find out the hard way through a lot of pain I mean that's one way or you can save yourself some of the pain and just accept it but um if somebody is like presenting oh you know everybody it's we're all feeling the same way like in Mm. so much insecurity and if someone's projecting that kind of um obsession with weight or trying to be a certain way and it's all about how they look and image like they're maybe very may very well be the most insecure person in the room so that's what I would say wow 
That is an excellent takeaway. Oh, Mari, thank you for sharing your story today and just you for being so them. vulnerable and candid. And I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much for sharing your body story. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Thanks Have a great day. You too. Welcome to the Body Story Movement, and I appreciate you listening to that woman's story. Thank you so much. If something was said that touched you, that resonated with you, that moved you, I invite you to share this with someone else in your life, because this cannot be the Body Story Movement unless people are passing along and sharing these stories so that other people can be moved by them. So thank you for keeping this community going. I am a life coach in real life. This is just my lifelong passion is to talk to women about their stories. So my natural gift as a life coach of curiosity and asking questions allows me to show up fully in this work. There are two phases to the body story movement and I just want you to be hip so that you know what is coming. Phase one is a collection of these stories just so that people can start to understand very big picture where this is going. Phase two incorporates a scholarship piece and mentorship. This mentorship rich experience is going to cultivate connections between ambitious young women in high school and college and professional women that are ready to serve as mentors. The way I envision this body story movement scholarship experience is for one year, mentors and mentees will engage in sponsored events curated to encourage mental, physical, and emotional well-being. And living in DC, my plan is to have body story socials immersed in this experience throughout the year where participants will be able to share what this experience is like for them that I can then for share back with sponsors and local community partners. So this is going to be very exciting phase two when it comes but for right now I just want to thank you for being a part of this movement, these stories, and for sharing with other people. I am Coach Coco, founder of this beautiful body story movement and I would love to stay connected. We can connect on Instagram at Body Story with Coco, or you can email me, bodystorymovement at gmail.com. Let's stay connected. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day.